It was scary. I could see her, but she was, she was far enough away that I couldn't reach out to her. I got to a point where I was going. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going under. I can't. There's no way I can get back to the shore here. She was trying to float, but the waves were going over her head and she was just taking in the water. And because she was panicking, she didn't close her mouth. And so, you know, it, it, she was swallowing the water and she swallowed quite a lot of water. And she looked so scared. Um, and she was trying to catch her breath. In this episode, we hear from Tina Powsey. In July 2021, Tina and a friend Mags got into trouble when they were swimming off the coast of Anglesey. It was thanks to using the float skill that the RNLI has shared in its water safety campaigns, they both lived to tell the tale. But it was an experience Tina will never forget. She came over one morning and she said, Tina, she says, you've got to come with me one day. I said, what are you doing? And she says, I'm swimming in the sea. And I said, top down. She said, no, I have. She said, it's amazing. She said, it's so invigorating. I've had the caravan on Anglesey for five years and I've never once gone in the sea. And we had a blast and we must have been playing in the sea for about three hours. Gorgeous weather. So we were finishing up and she was going back to her caravan and I was going back to mine. And she said, we're going to do it again tomorrow morning, aren't we? And I went, yeah, go on, that's fine, whatever. So it was about, must have been about 20 past eight in the morning and I heard her knocking and I got up and she's like, are we going this morning? And I opened the doors and the clouds, it was dark and it wasn't a pretty morning. It looked really overcast and it felt cold. And I said, Max, I don't want to go. I said, it's too cold. She was like, come on, it'll be great. It'll be fun. And so I tried to get out of it and I thought... I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say no. I felt like I needed to go with her because she was going. And, and I love her to bits. I think the world of her. And I thought, I don't want to go on her own. Got my costume on. We walked down. We took some pictures at the beach and we were laughing. And there must have been about four or five different people walking past watching us as we were about to get into the sea in our swimming costumes. And it really did feel chilly outside. It wasn't freezing. It was still July but it, it, it did feel cold. But that was more of the challenge, I think, you know, because because we wanted to feel fresh and, and, and everything else and, and just kind of challenge ourselves. I mean, I'm 47 and I think all the time I've missed out on so much and I want to start doing stuff. And I admire Mags because she lost her husband and she pushes herself all the time and challenges herself. She does yoga. She does all these things. She just really takes life and, and runs with it. And I thought, no, she's right. We, you know, we're going to do it. Because we just must have looked like two old crazy women going in the sea. And so we were bobbing up and down and playing. And I remember Mags, we were jumping over the waves. So they were coming and, and they were breaking over our, the, our heads when we were a certain distance. And we were laughing and the water was would go in our faces. And I remember laughing and Mag said at one point, this is so much better. She said, I'll take this over um, what we had yesterday anytime. She said, this is so much more fun. And I said, it really is. I said, yesterday was just like a lake. It was a mill pond. That's what she called it. She said, I'll take this over a mill pond any day. Next thing I know, I remember like stepping and I, and I couldn't hit the ground. I couldn't feel the, the ground beneath me. I couldn't feel the bottom. 
And she, she said, hang on, and she tried, and she's we're about the same height. She said, Tina, I can't touch it either. I said, come on, we need to get, we need to get back. And at that point we looked up and where we had entered the sea, we had drifted so far away. Like it must have been 25, 40 feet. I'm terrible with distance, but it was quite a long way from where we had entered, we drifted. And at the sea, it's um, in Bentleck, there's rocks that are all around, uh, around the side. And we were close to those rocks and I could feel us going out. And I even remember we were talking about, we don't have too much long because the tide's coming in. So we had thought ignorantly that we weren't gonna be taken out because the tide's coming in. And all of a sudden, I, d I can't remember how clear it was, but we just started sp spreading farther and farther apart. And we both just tried to swim closer in. And the harder we tried, the current was coming back at us. And it was, you know, you, it was like a, a hamster on a wheel. Our legs were just going and going. couldn't see Mags behind me anymore. I just kept calling out to her and I said, Mags, I said, are you okay? Are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm trying to get back. I got to a point where I was going, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going under. I can't, there's no way I can get back to the shore here. My daughters both had swimming lessons. The first thing they taught them was to do this starfish float. And that was always the first thing that they were taught was to float like a starfish, both on your stomach and both on your back. And that was what I thought about. All I could think about was this starfish float to gain strength. And then I thought, if I float, I'm gonna get strength, but I'm gonna float into the shore because the tide's coming in. So I immediately got up and I was able to just float and relax on my back. And I don't know how long I was floating for. It feels like an eternity. It might've been five seconds, but I was floating on my back and my breathing was getting heavier and heavier and faster and faster with my asthma. And then I realized that I was floating farther out because the, we, the way the rocks were, we were caught in some sort of swirl and I was floating farther out and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm floating, but I'm just taking myself further out. And at some point I had turned, been gotten turned around and my head was facing the beach. And I just sort of, I don't know, something came over me. It was a peace, it was a strength. But after I was floating for a, a few minutes, I'd gained enough strength. My breathing kind of evened out and I had this just, it was almost like a wash of peace that just came over me. And I just started back stroking as hard as I could. And I'm not a good swimmer. When I was a lifeguard when I was 16 to 18, I'm 47 now and I have asthma, I'm not a strong swimmer, but something came through me. I had so much energy and I just started backstroking as hard as I could. And I ended up feeling the rocks on my hip <clears throat> and I stopped and I put my foot down and I could, I gained some traction on the rocks and I was able to sit on the, like hold my foot against the rocks, look back and I called out to Margaret and I said, just float Mags. I said, get on your back and float. And I was just shouting, float, just float, just float. And um, she wasn't, I could hear her calling out to me, but I couldn't see if she was floating. And all I could think about was, I can't get back out to her. I can't get to her, but I can't leave her. And I didn't, I honestly, for that moment, and this is the hardest thing about this whole situation is, would I have left Mags in the water? 
would I have made it worse if I'd have gone out to her? Um, but I didn't feel like I had the strength to, to go back to her. And she was, she's my friend. I mean, she was out there and, and I couldn't get back to her. And I looked up and when I looked up, I could see a guy standing across the road. Um, and I didn't yell and I don't know why I didn't yell, but I looked at him and I lifted my hands up as if to, to like make a phone call motion. And I put my hands up for him to, to call and, and he looked over and I, then I shouted out and I said, call an ambulance, call someone. And at that moment, I was still against the rocks and I was still in the water, probably up to my chest. I wasn't shallow at all, but I was stable against the rocks, but the current was so strong and I was so scared to move from the rocks. All I could think about was Margaret and, and time was just, it felt like it was just whizzing round and like a clock was just whizzing round. Fortunately, Austin, the onlooker, and another passerby managed to get Mags to the shore. Austin said by the time he got to her, she just kept bobbing up and down. Couldn't get her foot in, couldn't float. She was trying to float, but the waves were going over her head and she was just taking in the water. And because she was panicking, she didn't close her mouth. And so, you know, it, 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 she was swallowing the water and she swallowed quite a lot of water. And I do remember when I was floating, the water going over my face, but I kept my mouth shut. And I think that that made all the difference because I wasn't swallowing it or choking it. It was just like, it's fine. I'm like, you know, um, so they, they managed to get Margaret out. Um, I was over, back over to them by that point and I was sort of perched on the rocks. Austin's legs were just shredded. He had scratched himself up so much and, um, and by that point, we were on the phone with uh, the Coast Guard and they had instructed the boys not to move Margaret. Um, but I remember when they when they got her out of the rocks and she was sat on the rocks and she was just slumped over and she was awake and she was... But I looked in her eyes and her eyes were just lifeless. There was nothing in her eyes. And she looked so scared. Um, and she was trying to catch her breath um, and I just leaned down into her and I got as close to her as I could and I just said just look at me please just look at me in the eyes just look at me and there were people like buzzing around her and I was trying to move them out of the way so I could just make eye contact with her because I knew if she made eye contact with me she'd be she'd get it and I remember she did and she looked up and she had her head down and she looked up at me and just made eye contact with me. And I said, it's okay, you get, you're here, you're, you're gonna be okay, just keep looking at me. And I held her stare as long as I could. I was a wreck crying, I was so emotional. I came out of the ambulance and one of the RNLI volunteers was there. Wish I knew his name, a really big guy, he was lovely. And he came up to me and he put his arm on my shoulder and he put his other arm on my husband's shoulder. And um, he said to both of us, he said, listen, you need to be kind to yourself now. He said, because you, you've gone through a really big ordeal. And he looked at Howard and he said, you take care of yourself too. And Howard's like, I wasn't even involved, but the, the volunteer knew enough and cared enough to know how 
that's still going to impact Howard hours later. And it did. He was at the caravan that night crying, thinking, nearly lost my wife. It wasn't just the physical being there present and like saving lives at sea. It was the, the compassion and the kind words where he said, you need to be kind to yourself. She got out of the hospital and she said she just bent down and kissed the ground <laughs> and just hugged everyone around her. I went and saw her straight away and we had a glass of wine and just, just sort of sat, didn't really speak. I thought I was gonna die. Um, I really did. I really thought I was gonna die. And I am just so thankful for that image of a starfish that just popped in my head. If it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for the starfish, if it wasn't for that one simple float, you know, my nine-year-old says, well, mum, you could have treaded water. And no, I couldn't. I, I couldn't breathe enough to tread water. The only way that we survived is because I went into that float. It's the only way. I appreciate life, I, I do. I always did, I think I always valued life, but I never realized how quickly, no pun intended, that the tides can turn. Hello, I'm Ashley Jones. I'm Water Safety and Drowning Prevention Manager for Swim England. You've been listening to part of the RNLI's 200 Voices collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org forward slash 200 voices or subscribe to the RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Two Hundred Voices is produced for the RNLI by Adventurous Audio Limited.